And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source with Michael Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. Um, if you're not an Athletic subscriber, please give us a try at theathletic.com slash straight from the source. You can get in for a discount. It's been an exciting couple weeks here at The Athletic um, as we have been sold. Um, nothing ha- will change. Uh, New York Times will be our new owners when that sale goes through, but uh, we will be run completely independently from The New York Times. Uh, our two awesome co-founders that I, I still remember te- uh, in 2017 going up uh, their office. They had one of those elevators in San Francisco where you get in the elevator and you actually close the gate to close the door. And then I went up to the top floor. I walk up these stairs. I walk into one room where their entire HQ was, probably like seven people. We sit on this couch with a whiteboard in front of us and they sort of lay out the plan of the athletic. And I look back now and I, I think of that and how that we only had at that time about five hockey writers. I'm like, I, I honestly wonder where I got the courage to actually leave the Star Tribune for the Athletic, and it's just been the greatest uh, you know job that I've ever had. It's been everything that Adam and Alex, uh, our co-founders, laid out as a plan for the Athletic has really come true. We have, you know, I mean, it's crazy how many employees we have now—five or six hundred, um, you know, f- something like three or four hundred in editorial alone, you know, editors and, and writers, and it's just been an, uh, an incredible enterprise. And the fact that they kept us afloat and continuing to grow 
during a pandemic when, remember, there was basically no sports for several months. Somehow we continued to survive and and thrive. And, um, you know, a lot of that is thanks to all of you. So, you know, it's been an exciting couple of weeks here um, at The Athletic and obviously with last weekend's news that we were being sold. Um, and again, uh, as, it's going to be one of those things where you probably won't notice uh, much of a difference at all. Our editorial standards aren't changing, nothing like that. Um, so stick on, stick with us and uh, watch this continued uh, success that we're having. And again, a lot of it is um, due to you. My guest today is Capo Kakinen, the wild goaltender. Um, man, Cam Talbot goes down after the Winter Classic with the lower body injury. He's got, you know, clearly got some sort of muscle strain. He's supposed to start skating on his own this week. Capo Kakinen steps in there and and has two huge victories in Boston and against Washington with his team severely shorthanded. Um, this is a 25-year-old goaltender from Finland, former AHL Goalie of the Year. Last year, set franchise records for wins by a rookie goaltender, shutouts uh, by a rookie goaltender. Remember, he won nine games in a row when Cam Talbot had COVID and also had an injury there. Uh, that first, uh, it was the injury happened in late January, and COVID obviously happened in February. He was nine and zero with a 1.44 goals against average and 9.47 save percentage and two shutouts. The nine and zero win streak. Uh, set a rookie franchise record and was tied for the fifth longest in NHL history by a rookie. So he's done this before. He's gone in there and played really well. Um, this is a really smart guy, as you're going to find out during this podcast. He's very interesting. Um, you know, loves, he's a foodie. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff with Capo Kakin. So hopefully, as I try to do with all these straight from the sports podcasts, is give you a little more into the personalities of players that you might not know about. And hopefully you'll learn a lot more about Capo uh, Kakin in this podcast. Um, it's been an interesting couple weeks for the Wild. Um, obviously, they hit a big time run there with five games in a row where they were winless, including the Winter Classic, which was obviously very disappointing. They came on late, um, but too little, too late. They they really played poorly the first couple periods, and it really continued a streak of them playing poorly, but also a streak where they were losing players every single game and a streak where they had this hodgepodge schedule where it was really difficult for this team to get traction. You know, they, they played one game in 12 days and they go to Boston. That was like their second game in 19. Um, they, they obviously play well there and then they lose two more players in that game. Kirill Kaprizov um, with the uh, upper body injury and Jonas Bardeen, who amazingly finished the game. But it's very clear that he broke something in his hand uh, because he's going to miss what I'm told is probably three to four weeks here, which probably is better case scenario than what was originally feared because there was a lot of talk even before that he could potentially miss the season between us. And uh, it looks like they've gotten at least good news and that we're going to see Brodine again because to me, as I've said to you for a while, I feel like he's like the one irreplaceable part in this lineup. He is just so good um, the way that he plays, calms things down, obviously turns Matt Dumba into a very different player as well. Um, and he's just such a huge, huge part of their blue line. So they might have lucked out there as much as uh, this is going to be tough to play without him for a little bit here. But this team goes into the Washington game after a huge win against Boston, where they worked so, so hard. They're without Kirill Kaprizov, they're without Yule Erickson Eck, they're without Jonas Bardeen, they're without Jared Spurgeon, they're without Cam Talbot, they're without Jordan Greenway, they're without Brandon Duhame, they're without Nick Bukestead, and then on the morning of the game, Alex Goligoski tests positive. 
um, for, for COVID. So Dakota Mermis, who had a workout after the morning skate, got bag skated, all of a sudden comes to the rink and finds out that he's playing in the game and he played really, really well. Um, so that was really neat. Now, um, I'm doing this podcast before practice here on Tuesday. Um, the Wild were off Sunday and Monday after the Washington game. So we'll find out today at practice if they're going to get some guys back. Uh, my anticipation is Yule Erickson Eck will definitely practice because he was taken off injured reserve over the weekend. Um, we'll see. The big thing is, does Kirill Kaprizov practice? Or if there's a chance that he plays against the Anaheim Ducks on Friday, do they maybe give him today off, give him tomorrow off, and then practice him Thursday? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Um, but my gut says it's still a little too soon for Kaprizov. I do think, though, um, that they, uh, what looked like a really bad injury, I think they're finding out that he really lucked out and it's not as bad as they as they um, had hoped. And one reason why I feel that way is I saw him in the press box. He looked jovial. I saw him after the morning skate um, against uh, the Washington Capitals. He was in the hallway um, sitting on this cart talking to, to, uh, talking to a couple of his uh, Russian friends from the Washington Capitals. He, he was just wearing a towel, no sling, nothing like that. So hopefully that's good news that this is not a major, major injury in long term for Kirill Kaprizov and that we can see him back much sooner than expected. And, you know, even if he doesn't play against Anaheim, maybe he'll play uh, sooner rather than later. Um, we'll find out today if Jordan Greenway is off COVID protocol, if Brandon Duham is off COVID protocol. Uh, Bukestead is going to miss six weeks, according to sources. Talbot will skate potentially this week. Jared Spurgeon will see what's the next uh, step in his progression. He's been skating on his own with Andy Ness. Um, as I mentioned, Jonas Brodin is out. Erickson Eck might practice up. The big one is Goligoski. My gut says, because he was put on protocol on Friday, that he won't be cleared till Thursday. So the question is, when does he get cleared? Can he skate on Thursday and play Friday against the Anaheim Ducks, assuming that he tests negative? Remember, we thought that Brodin was going to get off protocol as well, and then he tested positive the morning of the Winter Classic. So that didn't happen. Um, but the team, really a couple impressive wins behind Capo Kakinen's great, great um, goaltending. We talk in this podcast about his little heart attack inducing play at the end of the Washington game where he came out to basically the Mississippi River to play a puck, had to make a save on Tom Wilson in the left faceoff circle with Alex Ovechkin behind them. I mean, you couldn't make it up. Can you imagine if they'd worked so hard to come back in that game, get a tying goal with 38 seconds left by Matt Zuccarello, and then and then Kakinen made that big uh, a boo-boo to end the game. But luckily, um, they, they got away with it and and uh and there was no chance that they uh, were going to lose that game after they got into overtime and they, you know they had some great chances in overtime for cal made an incredible save on ryan hartman who played 27 minutes that game crazy um i think that was the fifth highest uh, ice time by a forward in franchise history and then obviously in the shootout um not only does kevin fiala come through after getting benched for the first eight minutes of the third period's first 857 of the third period because he took three penalties and four 27, but he scores in the shoot, shootout. And then Freddie Goudreau, who everybody sometimes wonders why the heck Dean trusts him so much. The reality is he trusts him because he does so much little things in games. He feels he's the ultimate teammate and he's seen his skill before in the minors. Well, he puts him out there, a guy with seven regular regulation goals, regular season goals, and he goes out and gets the uh, big goal there in the shootout to cinch the victory. But a uh, good, good game response by Kevin Fiala, who had the bad uh, second period just um, some stick penalties, obviously, um, really ticked off Dean Evason. And even with nine guys out of the lineup, Dean Evason uh, was willing to bench him. 
for the first 857. But, but, you know, continuing to show Kevin Fiala's maturity, he goes out there, he takes during a little loop, a little twirl during the TV timeout. He, you know, almost in an animated fashion, taps his teammates on a stick, fix bumps them, cheers from the bench. And then during the uh, stoppage on the bench, he had a couple words with Dean Evison. Bally Sports North showed a great scene of it. And there, Dean Evison just listened to him, thought about it. Um, Dean, after the game, said that Kevin said, I'm going to support my teammates, whether you play me or not. I understand what's going on. I screwed up. And uh, Dean felt he should give him another chance. And then not only does Kevin Fiala go out there and continue to work hard like he always does, but he digs the puck out for the uh, of the faceoff circle before the Zuccarello tying goal. And then obviously gets the big shootout deciding goal. Um, so even though uh, Freddie Goudreau's goal technically quote won the game for them the shootout deciding goal goes to kevin fiala because uh because washington didn't score thanks to capo kakinen so um so that's that on the uh wild front a couple things i would just want to uh bring to your attention um nate prosser uh, retired today after 12 years in the national hockey league seventh defenseman Seventh defenseman, as you know come and go in this league like a gust of wind um it is as as Nate Prosser said in his goodbye, uh, his classy retirement letter that I posted on Twitter, you know, he was always told it's much easier to get to the NHL, but it's much harder to stick there. Yet he, in that role, stuck for 12 years. Why? Because he was a great guy. It certainly wasn't because he was a great defenseman. He'll be the first to admit it. But it was because he was able to stick in a role that he never complained. He was always happy. And he was just content to be at the rink and be an NHLer. And that goes a long way in a locker room. And that's why whenever he scored a goal, you saw players just lose their minds with with glee because he's that much, that liked in a locker room. But the other reason is that you could sit him out of the lineup for a month, put him in, and he wouldn't miss a beat. He'd be no rust. He'd be the, play the same simple game, take hits, make a play, be competitive, trash talk, get into goal mouth scrums, and just be a, you know, a pretty reliable defensive player. So, um, you know, congratulations to Nate Prosser on a great career. Well, I'm excited to see what he does next. Does he go into coaching, maybe in colleges? Does he go into player development, maybe in the NHL? Or does he just be content to sort of live his life with his wife, Brittany, and their awesome four daughters? Um, I did ask him if he was going to go for fifth time, try to get a son, and he told me no, because he knows he would get two more daughters, probably twin daughters, and have six little girls running around. So I think he's he's quitting on that uh, aspiration to go have a go have a boy. But uh Probably Chris and Muggs, their parents, uh, Nate's parents probably deserve a break. Uh, they have 11 grandkids, um, which is why I joked to Chris Prosser when I ran into him last night. I said, uh, I said, no wonder you're on so many golfing trips. So congratulations to Nate on a fine career. You can read the story in The Athletic. You can, uh, If you are not an athletic subscriber, which we want you to be, but you, you can also go to my Twitter account at Russo Hockey and you can read his retirement letter and also an awesome YouTube video that his wife put together as a congratulations to him with the help of the Wild. Um, very talented multimedia department. Also, if you want to meet Nate Prosser, well, Thursday night at 7, don't tell anybody this is a secret, but my big surprise guest with Anthony LaPanta at Tuttle's at 7 p.m. in Hopkins might be number 39. Uh, so come on down there. Another really um, um, story uh, story that I'd like to point you to if you didn't read it over the weekend is I did a story, actually it ran Monday, on Jack Jablonski and 10 years after that tragic accident that, that, uh, that uh, paralyzed him from the chest down. What life has been like, <laughs> excuse me, the last 10 years for Jabs, um, 
two days before Christmas, I went and one week exactly before that December 30th, 2011 um, incident, uh, the 10-year anniversary, I went to his house in Uptown, um, sat in the living room of, of a house that is just gorgeous, 102 years, and sat with Jabs for a couple hours, talked to his mom, his dad, his brother for this story. And just to portray what life has been like for Jack and the work that he has done to uh, raise money for the Jack Jablonski Foundation to raise money for spinal cord injury research. Um, he's uh, he, This is somebody that has incredible strength and is somebody that's got to deal with this for the rest of his life. And yet he is, has taken the most positive attitude that you possibly can for an incident like this, knowing that you know, that his life has been obviously turned upside down. And his goal is to stay in great shape so he could continue to be at the forefront of hopefully being tested for a lot of these new medical trials. And that his goal is to still to one day put on skates again. He works for the Los Angeles Kings. The story that I wrote is a really sweet story also about his brother Max and how much um, Max um, has really helped him along the path here the last 10 years since he was a 13-year-old seventh grader when his brother was put into a wheelchair. So I hope everybody reads that story. I know a lot of people have read a lot of Mac Jack Jablonski stories, but they tried to make this one really different and bring a sweetness to it just because of the brotherhood that he has with uh, with his younger brother Max, who's now 23. So hopefully everybody gives a read to that. Um, but uh, without further ado, um, just a real fun conversation with Capo Kakinen, who will start Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks. God willing, uh, as we know in this COVID world, anything could change on a daily basis, but uh, but we expect to see Capo in net for the third straight game on Friday night against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, but with before we get to Capo, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy to be joined by Capo Kakinen, as I mentioned. Uh, we're coming to you from the GM's booth here at Tria Rink, and I was kind of disappointed, Capo. I was hoping that Billy Garam was going to leave all his notes for me up here so I can dig in and try to learn some stuff about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the, the Tria Rinks, uh, it looks a little different from from up here. I don't think I ever ever sat on a chair here. and. Um, but yeah, it's good, a uh, good spot for anybody. great, great vantage point. And, um, you know, lately you've been, uh, you've been watching from a much better, uh, vantage point, which I'm sure you're very, uh, very delighted about. Let me ask you, I mean, like, what is it like when all of a sudden you find out, I mean, you're, you're a guy that's been a number one, your entire career. You've had to adjust as a young guy to being the number two here, but then you find out, all right, Cam's hurt. It's my net for a while. I mean, and you're going into a game in Boston, super shorthanded, a game against Washington, super shorthanded, and you're the guy that's got to get it done. Um, I think what I've learned, you know, so far in my, in my professional career is that no matter where you play, who, who you play against, uh, it's it's that one game. You, whether you're the so-called starter or or the backup on a team, it's you you go game by game, and it's you know you start that game. You're you're the starter. Um, nothing else matters, and and you're you're gonna try to go out there and, and help the team win. And um, you know when you when you have success, uh, you know it's uh, 
it's a great feeling and and then the next game you you try to do the same thing and um as boring as it sounds i think that's uh that's really the only the only way to uh go about uh, things is there any different in the way that you prepare for a game that you know that you're not starting that night or you come do you go through the same preparation levels um yeah i, I pretty much do the same things every day uh i'm not a guy that has a lot of rituals or or super or actually not at all <laughs> i i do i do nap on game days and um if i don't play i might stay on the ice after morning skate for a little longer obviously get a little a little extra reps but um that's probably about about it you know um other than that my preparation i guess it's it's the same for for every day the uh bring us back to a young Kapo Kakinen in, in Finland. Uh how did you get started in hockey? Um and and did you know right away you wanted to be a goaltender? Um probably outdoors, obviously. You know, my dad uh dad took me skating when I was uh younger and uh we would skate me and my brother and my dad and obviously all the all the kids in in uh, in the neighborhood and and you know with friends. Um and then I joined a team I wanna say I was six years old. And uh, you know when you're when you're that young, the uh, the guys, everyone gets to gets to be a goalie. Like they, there was a set of equi- equipment that everybody got to use that wanted to try, and I tried once and it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> but I still some for some reason wanted to uh, wanted to go try again. And uh, I think well, I was ten years old when I uh, when I last time was a was a skater um so ever since that i've i've been uh been a goalie so and uh i don't know it was something about you know being such a huge impact on the uh result in a game when it when you're the goalie you know it's uh i guess you could call it pressure i don't i don't see it that way but it's it's just uh such a such a huge uh part of that uh that game uh being a goalie so i think that's kind of that that was something that I I really liked and enjoyed. Right, I've never actually asked you this, but uh, so the Wild, uh, you know, in 2010 played in Helsinki, your hometown. They were there for a week. Um, I got to go with them. It was an awesome, awesome trip. First time and only time that I've ever been in Finland. Did, did you uh, like? Did you go to any of those games? Did you see them at practices, things like that? Yeah, I remember that game. I I was I was in that game. I want to say maybe with my dad. I can't quite remember. Um, but but I sh- uh, for sure I remember I was was in that game and obviously Koivu was a you know he's a, he's a he's a legend still in Finland and and that was a I, I want to say there was other well Backstrom obviously yep. and that well yeah. Granlund wasn't on the team yet but he okay. was there yeah yeah yep. yeah but there must there might have been someone else too I can't remember yeah but maybe I'm trying to remember yeah. Mietinen maybe on that team probably maybe, anti Mietinen yeah anyways yeah. anyways a couple of fans playing and. Um, in Helsinki, you know, there's an NHL game. It's obviously a huge, huge deal, and everyone uh, was excited about that. And, and for for sure, I had a good time. I remember the the arena that the that the Wild played in actually reminds me a lot like this one. You, they actually had to get into an elevator to go to the practice rink. Um, it was it. it um, which r- rink is that? It's, yeah, it's a uh, Hart, Hartwell Arena. Yeah. That's the uh, Jokerit rink. I. Uh, I know that rink well. I, uh, you know, in, in juniors we we used to play downstairs below the the at the practice rink below, right? You like know. in the rock. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was yeah, really yeah. neat. And uh, and then obviously I also played uh, played upstairs in uh, in a main rink. Uh, the World Juniors were there when we uh, we won that uh, we won that tournament. And there was a funny story. They retired. I want to say Solani's number on the national team before one of our games. So we we do the warm ups down 
at the practice rink. We took the elevator down to do the warm ups, pregame warm ups, uh -huh. and then play the the game um, upstairs on the on the main arena. That's so. awesome. We had in the wild had an exhibition game in up in Tampa, which is really neat. Long bus ride up there, Clutterbuck. I remember had a hat trick that game. It was it was a great trip. It was it was fun. Remember stayed at the Crown Plaza and all that stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Um, Capo, let me ask you. Uh, so the other night, uh, you know, it's it's so funny. I was on the radio before the game. And I said, you know, Capo's playing well when he challenges shooters. And I and you challenged a shooter like I've never seen a shooter challenged before. You skated out all the way to the <laughs> basically the red line, a uh, blue line. puts put the puck on Tom Wilson's stick and with Ovechkin behind you makes this you make the save from the left faceoff circle the picture will probably go down in legend of Minnesota Wild lore when you were doing that like first what are you thinking when you're making the play and two what are you thinking it, like it had to be an oh shit moment well yeah I mean I I kind of want to take that back a little bit I don't <laughs> usually do crazy stuff like that and um, I don't want to do stuff like that but what I what I saw was you know Ovechkin skating as hard as he could, and I felt he for I felt for a second that he might be first on that puck, uh -huh. and I knew it was only a few seconds left, so I t I wanted to get out and clear that puck out of the zone, which apparently I think I did. That's what the guy said. It was over the line. So uh -huh. anyways, if that would have been a goal, that would have been you oh, know, okay. We could have challenged that um, as an offside, but yeah. So it en ends up going to. I don't know their player stick obviously <laughs> and then uh I was like ah oh, now I'm in uh in uh in one kind of so you know I just uh you got in your I, butterfly I just, I just try to be you know between the puck and the net and and I mean I guess it worked but um yeah that's that's what the guy said on the bench that he, it did cross the line so uh it would have been offside but I mean yeah one of those one of those moments that uh you know, maybe I should just uh, stay back. Uh, Felino was great after the game. He said, he goes, I don't know why he went backhand and not forehand. <laughs> it was a great one. Um, well, it was a great save uh, nonetheless. And you made it, you made it absolutely fun. And then, Hey, the game before in Boston, you challenged Marshan and absolutely destroyed his uh, breakaway with the awesome poke check. Um, I, I, I I mean, honestly, I don't know. Like, are those the type of things that you work on as a goaltender? Because I, I, there's nothing that makes like fans like excited more than that breakaway always being ruined by a poke check. Dubnik used to do it all the time here, and the fans used to go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's something that I try to do every time, but there's there's certainly moments where where it is a good tool to have um, to able to execute and. Uh, I feel that a long stick poke check is, is a little more risky. I, I tend to, you know, poke with just the stick in my hand. Like I, I regularly hold it, you know, one mm -hmm. uh, on the paddle there, like, a, you know, just a little short pokes uh, near the, when the puck's near the, near the net. I think that's a, that's a, maybe a little safer way to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, having a good stick, I think, uh, definitely helps in uh, a lot of lot of situations. Um, we're sitting in the home rink of your sister, actually, which is pretty awesome. Uh, she plays at Hamlin. As you mentioned, they're on a little bit of break right now. Um, but how cool is that to have for both of you to have each other in town? And have you gotten to come out here and watch her play? Uh, it's great. Um, the, the, the thing is, I haven't got to see her play yet just because our schedule has been, yeah. you know, um, so busy and... and now that you know they're they're having a little break and and they had their christmas break which was that was great obviously you know she uh she stayed at our place and uh you know hang out uh with me and my uh, girlfriend during the whole christmas and um 
it's just it's just nice to have family in town and um you know also like i feel getting the opportunity to uh um have her over at our, our games you know in in to watch nhl hockey and the winter classic was was a cool experience for yeah for exactly her for sure and uh just stuff like that i think uh i think is really really cool when uh when you're used to live whatever um so far away from each other you know um that she literally pl uh, plays in uh plays hockey in the same rink that uh that we practice on so so it is it is really cool and did she get to go on the ice during family day and did you have other family in town too yeah no she, uh just her and uh, my girlfriend um uh, and yeah we uh they all they they both came out and skated uh -huh. a little bit and um enjoyed that as well yeah. so you had no other family in town right no because no. i was staying at the, so did you have buddies or anything because i was staying at the marriott and uh i'm in the elevator and i wasn't paying attention all of a sudden the floor stops and three guys get out wearing kakanen jerseys so that not not related. Nope. nope okay. No family at all. No. Okay. It was, that's, uh, that, yeah, well, that's yeah, it must cool. Have been, uh, there you go. Well, yeah. Good to know that uh, somebody's yeah. buying my jersey. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was, nice, it was nice pretty neat. That. It was. Uh, I'm like that had to be his dad, his brother. Like it was. It was like sort of like three generations of people. So I just figured I somehow dropped the ball and didn't introduce my uh, myself to your family. Um, you mentioned that your sister coming over for Christmas. Um, I, we all watch you on Instagram. I mean, you are a foodie. Um, how, I mean, how did that all start and how big are you into it? Because it looks like you make the most amazing meals. Yeah, I think it's, it's something that probably comes from, from my parents, especially I think my dad, uh, he, uh, he really loves cooking and he's really into it. Um, food and, and, and wine also. Um, he's traveled a lot in, in, you know, in Europe, uh, especially, and I think in, in, in the U S as well. Um, uh, so he's, he's got a lot of, uh, great, uh, recipes. I think he's, he's always made some, some great food at home. And at some point I just kind of felt that I, I liked, uh, I liked that. And, and I, I wanted to do that as well. And, uh, just started cooking and obviously, you know, you've got to start from something, you know, pretty simple. And eventually, you know, it's, uh, it's became almost like a, like a hobby of mine. I would, I would consider it. And, uh, yeah, it's just something that I really enjoy doing, going to a grocery store and see what they have available or, or like a little specialty market or whatever it would be like a seafood shop or, or whatever, and, and pick up something and, and, uh, think like, uh, a couple other things to, uh, to make with it. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the story behind it. What is your specialty that you make? Uh, pasta for sure. Um, that was the, that was the thing, uh, when COVID started, I wanted to learn, so, uh, to do something and something new and I bought a pasta machine. And so ever since that, I've basically made my, my own, own pasta. Um, I don't even eat pasta on the road anymore. just cause I don't, I don't think it's as good as your, right. The one that you make yourself. And yeah, I, I, I think I'm pretty big into that. And then, then making a, making a sauce with, to go with that or, or whatever. It's, uh, I think that's, uh, one of my specialties. So somebody asked me if, uh, you bake, if you make, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this pula or nisu. Yeah. Nope. The, the uh, it's like a, yeah, cinnamon bun, I guess would be a okay. translation, but, uh, yeah, no, not a big baker. I, I, that's something I really don't know how to do, but, uh, luckily my sister, she can, she can bake. So <laughs> we, uh, we had a good, uh, good team, uh, in the kitchen over Christmas. I, me making the meals and, and her baking. So that's awesome. Um, Jennifer asks, uh, what food do you miss most from home? Uh, 
I don't I don't miss miss a lot. It's I think food. The I think the best food is what you have available where you're at if that makes any sense mm -hmm. um and what's in season um i don't think there's there's one thing that i really miss i like i like eating local stuff most uh the most like natural like organic if you can get um whatever that would be vegetables or, or fish or uh meat um and then just uh you know built uh built the meals around uh around those things and um so i don't think there's one thing i really really miss do you have a favorite american f style food um well there's always a uh, time and space for uh, for a good burger um <laughs> or some wings yeah. uh i like the uh i like the american uh steak uh steakhouse culture like uh you know some of the steakhouse restaurants we yeah. go on the road or even here in minnesota are are great um something that I mean, there's steak back home, but I, I don't think there's, you know, restaurants like that, at least not as many. Um, and it's not a, not as big in back home. And so that's something I really enjoy. Have you been to uh, Baltimore yet? Uh, uh, it's at the Roseville Mall. It's, uh, no, yeah, it's B-A-L-D-A-M-A-R. Outstanding. Okay. Great I, I steak gotta place. Go, yeah. yeah. I, um, I, I haven't been in in, uh, in a lot of restaurants in, in Twin Cities, I feel. It's just um I mean, especially last year, everything was yeah obviously closed, closed yeah. slashed. You know, you you didn't want to go anywhere, and yep. and even this year, I mean, now that we we've, we've been traveling uh, on the road, we uh, we got to eat outside and uh, a little bit, and until they took that away again, yeah, but, right. Uh, we'll see how that uh, how that's going to go in uh, in the future, near future. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, heck, right now you guys got to be super careful. Um, uh, last question on food, uh, and I'm lost the question, but somebody asked, uh, Duham, I don't think it was Brandon, I think it was Duham's burner account, um, asked, uh, if, do, have you found any like good Finnish food or Finnish restaurants in the Twin Cities? I I haven't really looked. I think I think that's partly the reason would be kind of like i just said that I, I like to enjoy the whatever you have available right. here and then you know when you go back home do you you kind of remember oh this is so good it's just yeah. you know you i kind of missed this a little bit maybe but but i i i also when i come back here for training camp i i realize oh there's you know this and that that i had i don't have back home and um so yeah not uh not really yeah. What was the winter classic experience like for you, uh, Capo? I mean, you were sitting on a stool for two periods that was unheated. If I, uh, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, where all your teammates got to sit on a bench that was superheated. Uh, what was that whole experience like? And then to find out in the second period, like after being ice cold for two periods, that you're going into the game. Yeah, that was. Uh, I wasn't really. I mean, I, I saw the the heated bench out the, at that. Uh, practiced the other the day before and uh, family skate so I was excited to you know I, I knew it was going to be cold and so I felt you know that's going to be a nice nice uh, bench to sit at on a game and then I skate over at the start of the game and <laughs> they say uh, yeah there's that uh, bar stool for you to sit on I'm like what <laughs> I'm the only guy who's not moving at all all, uh, all game so um, but yeah so I was I was freezing that especially that first period I was really cold uh Second period, I uh, brought a couple heat packs uh, with me. I sat on one and then fill, uh, stuffed one into uh, into my equipment in my pants and chest protector. And so it was a little warmer, but um, yeah. And then obviously going, I mean, you never 
you never want to see your teammate uh, get hurt. But um, I, I'm not gonna lie, it was a, it was a really cool experience to get to go on the ice for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a game that you know might never happen in, in your career again. Um, and I, I was freezing, but I just try to go out there and enjoy and yeah um you know just try to try to stop everything uh that comes my way and hopefully we can uh you know at least come back and and, and uh have a challenge for the the win which uh i think we did at the third we we did a really good job we uh came close but just couldn't uh couldn't tie the game up and but yeah for sure uh experience I'll, uh, I'll always going to remember. Yeah. What was the sight lines like? Like, like you're looking across the rink, you know, for those of us have never been in a goalie net. I mean, I can't imagine it's easy when all of a sudden you just see a huge baseball stadium behind, you know, what you're looking at. Yeah, it was, it was a little different. And, uh, I think I had a, I got a good advice from, uh, from Freddie and, uh, uh, Talbs before actually at that practice that, uh, in a in an environment like that you uh you want to you really want to focus on having your eyes down in the puck and on the ice level right and not looking up because then once once you look up too much your your balance might be a little off you might be standing a little little too much on your heels and and then it's hard for you to move so i think that was uh that was a good little tip to you know focus on to really stay on your uh your toes and and have right. your head down and yeah. uh, really uh, focus on tracking the, the tracking the puck. Yeah. Uh, final few minutes with uh, Capo Kaknan. Let's go to just some Twitter questions. Um, Kate asks, uh, which goalie did you model yourself after as a kid? I don't think there's one goalie. I, I really like watching all the Finnish goalies when I was younger, playing in the NHL. You know, all the Kippersov, Reynes, Rass, uh, Backstrom, you know, you name it. Nitimaki was... Uh, was good for a, for a while in the NHL and um, all of those guys. I think uh, anytime a Finn Finn had success in the NHL, it kind of made me feel like okay, like that's you know it's something that's yeah. possible to achieve. You know, uh, to play in the NHL and um, yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of guys. You know, there's there's different styles to play as a goalie, and and everyone's a little different. You know, some guys are taller, some guys are you know shorter or whatever. But I think there's a lot. Uh, everyone has something that they do really well, and I, I just try to pick on some things that I saw someone do well yeah. and try did, it in practice, maybe or, or what have you. And um, right. yeah, did you uh, get to know Backstrom at all in Finland? I mean, he's played for your H HIFK, and he's from your hometown. Uh, no, actually, no. I yeah. met him. Uh, I met him once. I want to say in uh, in Amico's uh, 1000 game uh, right. game a couple of years ago. Uh, he was here then, I and I met him, and but yeah, I, I don't know him other yeah. than that. Charan, this guy, uh, and actually, he was a podcast on here last season. He was uh, just he's just a, a beauty, winning a goalie in Wild history as well. Um, Tim asked a good question. You're known before you got to got to uh, North America for your uh, goalie goals. Um, how he asked, how hard is it to resist when that net is empty to go for it? You almost scored in Florida, right? Yeah, that was my second game. Um, yeah. No, it's it's for sure something I'm I'm always gonna try if there is a chance. And I mean, no different than for the players. I I think our coaching staff, you know, has give uh, gave a green light to uh, 
go for the empty net from our own zone, especially if we have we have a two goal lead. It's uh, apparently analytically, it's it's uh, it's something that you're supposed to do. So I mean, I, for sure, I'm gonna gonna try. Not not gonna you know if, if there's no lane or no if it's not there, it's it's not worth it. But if there's if there's a chance, I'll uh, I'll go for it for sure. Um, question uh, from uh, Dean Evison. I assume it's not the real Dean Evison. Uh, will you break out those brown and waffle, uh, the brown pads and the waffle uh, blocker again? Again this year? Yeah. Uh, good question. I, I you still I'm have not, them, right? I'm not they, sure. Yeah, I, Tony must have them. I, I don't know where <laughs> they went. Uh, they might be on eBay somewhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's a good question. I. I don't really know. If, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're playing with that jersey yeah. again. You, or, I know you are twice more the season. Uh, so well, if then, you're in that, yeah. Then I would guess what on those games. I think we're we're gonna wear that equipment. Yeah. So so maybe maybe on those games. What made you decide that? Because it looked sharp. What's that? What what made you decide to design like get those types of? Um. So I just I just wanted that uh, retro look, that brown, you know, leather um, color on on them and. That uh, that waffle board was a cool little detail, I think, and and so I asked Juan to uh, make me a few mock-ups that uh, how they could look, and and then I picked one, and we we figured out the little details uh, mm -hmm. on that, and and they they delivered, they they created a great set of uh, equipment, uh, and then also the stick from from Warrior, I think, complemented that those uh, really well. Yeah. Um, just final couple questions. Um, one, one person did ask, you know, how, how hard was it last summer or did you not, did it not bother you when you were exposed in the expansion draft? I wasn't thinking of it at all. Right. No, it's, it was something that I, you know, I, I saw that I was, you know, they could have picked me, but also the second I did see that I realized, well, it's not, it has nothing to do with me. Like it's not my call. It's, there's nothing I can do about it. So just might as well not think about it. And somebody will call me probably if they're going to yeah. pick me up. And if nobody's calling me, great. I, I get to stay here, which I wanted at first. Like, I obviously wanted to stay, but also, like, there's nothing I could have really done at yeah. that time. So, uh, so, yeah, it did not bother me at all. Yep. How, um, you know, like, and then the Wild, and then they draft a goalie in the first round. I mean, does that at all, same thing, ever, you know, bother you, or you just, again, can't worry about stuff like that? No, no, no. I. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally understand. <laughs> um, trying to see uh, a couple more questions here. Um, how do you what does the system look like like in a normal situation when cam's starting and or cam is in the lineup too and you're in the lineup like how do you find out when do you find out when you're the number one like, uh like how's that mechanism yeah, work? i guess you usually the day before or the night before what depends on we're practicing usually they they let us know who's playing and um and I think it's good because then, kind of like I said earlier you you can you have a chance to if you're not playing you have a chance to maybe work out after practice or, or stay a little longer on the ice and right. do a little extra work to, you know, keep yourself sharp and makes sense. You know, uh, two more for you. Uh, one, uh, Mike asks uh, his wife and, and he are going to Finland in 2023. What are some places that they have to check out and any hockey, like any, like must got to go to this hockey game in Finland. Uh, what time of the year? Um, he's going in March. 
March. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, and and I mean, Helsinki is obviously probably where they're going to f- be flying to. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of uh, stuff going on there. Two teams, one one in the Finnish league, one in the uh, in the KHL, the Russian league, and both uh, both rinks are cool. The uh, the IFK rink, the the Liga rink is uh, really old, but it's it has a it has a cool uh, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's it's getting closer to spring so it's it's a little more you know there's a little more daylight there's a little more um sun the weather is maybe getting a little better so i think anything outdoors will uh will probably be a good idea and then obviously a finish uh finish sauna uh somewhere uh is something that uh, for sure they must go experience right um a couple more for you um wanted to ask let's see uh who do you hate shooting on you in practice Who do I hate shooting on me in practice? Uh, Sturm for sure. Sturm. His sh- shots are all over the map sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he has clue where he's shooting uh, uh, a lot of the time. So um, yeah, it's it's hard to read when the the player doesn't know where he's going at. But yeah. no, he's he's a good player and he's he's got a hard shot. So uh, yeah, he's probably the one. Yeah. Du- uh, Dubnik used to be, uh, you know, you'd see him in the locker room and he'd have his shirt off and he'd have a big welt right here on the collarbone. I'm like, who got you? He goes, Dumba. You know, like, it was always Dumba or Greenway. It was always one of those two. Yeah. So, um, all right. Two last ones for you. Um, one is a really funny one. Katie asks, um, on, I guess, did you get a, a recent remodel of your kitchen in your house? And she wanted to know, like, any cool new equipment that you got? Um, yeah. And finally, I, by the way, the Zamboni has finally stopped, so I can stop <laughs> screaming at you. Yeah, that was painful. Yeah, um, I know. yeah, we uh, we got our kitchen done uh, last summer, and it turned out really great. It's, uh, I mean, obviously, like well, like we talked about, uh, I like to cook, so now it's uh, there's a really uh, really good setup there for it has uh, it has a lot of cool little details there. I did I did do an Instagram post uh, of it, and um, there's a uh, few pictures to you know that probably gonna um you can go check out and 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 see see kind of what i mean and um yeah there's a little uh i think like a i think the coolest thing that 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 it has is like uh the so-called uh breakfast closet i think they they call it um the kitchen companies nowadays i don't know um that the door opens and then this uh this board slides out of it and then it has all your coffee makers and toasters and what have you in uh in that little closet and um they're kind of out of the you know you, you know you can't see them so it makes the makes the kitchen look a little little cleaner and and little that's awesome uh, you know uh little sharper so uh i think that's a little cool little uh detail there so are you a coffeeaholic like me are you uh do you love your coffee uh, yeah i i enjoy my coffee uh, yeah usually one in the morning one in the afternoon and and uh yeah maybe uh Maybe an espresso uh, after uh, after a nice dinner sometimes t- as That's well. Cool. So, yeah. yeah, really neat. Um, last question for you from Austin um, asks: um, You know, th- it, when you were in the AHL, um, the year that COVID uh, really interrupted the season, you were the best goalie in the league. You had the best goal scorer in Mayhew, best point scorer in Sam Annis, best defenseman in Brandon Manel. And he just wants to know if you how disappointing it was for that season to be interrupted, and if you think that you could have run the table in the AHL. Yeah, for sure. That was really disappointing. And, uh, you know, 
getting to play on a team like that with so many good players um, and having so much success that we had that year, I think it's it's really disappointing that you know you never get to experience that uh, and play those playoffs and and see you know where I th I, f I for sure personally think we could have gone all the way and um, won the cup that year and. Um, yeah, it it was uh, it was really disappointing, but I mean, it was what it is, what it was, and um, you know, nothing nothing you could do about it. Yeah. Well, hey, Capo, really appreciate you giving me uh, time today, especially after practice and and in the middle of you uh, being the number one for this team right now. Um, I, I think it's awesome that the state of hockey uh, gets to learn more about you as well and and gets to root you on. So thanks for joining us, Capo. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Anytime. That is uh, Capo Kakinen, and here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. So my thanks to Capo Kakinen for joining me today on Straight from the Source. Um, big week for the Wild ahead because they actually play games. They they play the uh, Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals and, of course, have two games postponed in between there. They play the Anaheim Ducks on Friday night. Then they go, and this will be tough, they go to Denver, um, have a Martin Luther King 1 p.m. game local time, 2 p.m. game here in the Twin Cities on Monday afternoon. Um, the Colorado Avalanche are absolutely rolling right now. Not only are they rolling, but it's like it doesn't matter how far they're back in a game. They just always seem to come back and win. McCarr is playing out of his mind. Ranton is playing out of his mind. McKinnon's playing out of his mind. Kemper's playing out of his mind. That team is freaking good. And uh, the Wild will have to play them. Then they will have three days off, and then they have a home and home against the Chicago Blackhawks, which includes Hockey Day Minnesota on the 22nd. Um, so that'll be really cool to actually have some games here uh covid willing we'll see um so that'll be really neat um if you enjoyed this podcast you know we have podcasts throughout our network just so many good ones um this week 2018 u.s olympian and former nhl jim slater joins craig Custance and sean gentile on the athletic hockey show usa chris johnston from tsn and the toronto star one of the great insiders out there is james myrtles and jonas Bro siegel's I almost said Jonas Berdine. Uh, Jonas Siegel's guest this week on Leaf Report, so make sure you listen to that. Thanks for listening to Straight from the Source. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform, and don't forget to leave a rating and review. And right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody. Everybody.